0: This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com.
1: Welcome to the Health and Fitness Frederick Podcast where we discuss all things related to health and wellness, we dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it is hosted by yours truly, Dr. Matt Silver, Doctor of Physical Therapy and Founder of Alpha Project Physio and Performance. Welcome guys to another episode of the podcast and um I'm actually going to um we're going to uh, we're going to change the name of the podcast cuz right now it's the Health and Fitness Frederick podcast but now we are more than uh, we just see people all over Maryland and I mean you're the same way Sophia I know you we're going to get into how many people you treat and let's all over I mean Frederick but yes all different parts of Maryland as well um but uh, welcome to, d- to another episode, guys, and I have uh, Sophia, um, hold on, I have your last name here. What's your last name, Sophia? Wilmot. So Sophia Wilmot on the podcast, and she is a, she's a nurse practitioner um, and just recently opened up per, uh, a business in, in Frederick, but I mean, do you mind just kind of telling everybody about yourself, Sophia?
0: Yeah, so I'm a family nurse practitioner, and I am board certified to treat all ages, I've been a nurse practitioner for six or seven years, but I have over 15 years of nursing and nurse practitioner experience, and I've seen multiple different backgrounds during that time, children all the way up into um, older ages, and during the pandemic, I just uh, was asked if I could help people outside of the office setting, and that is when I decided to start doing what I'm doing now, which is where I make house calls for different types of medical needs, not necessarily um, like healthcare, home health care, which most people are familiar with, where somebody comes in for someone that's already sick and has a nurse that comes to help them. What I do is more of a primary care or urgent care type setting or need. And so that's what I'm doing now, and mostly in Frederick. But I do, like you said, I do reach out to people um, a little outside the Frederick area too if needed.
1: I, it's, it's pretty... I was in your shoes at one point where like we started the business. I was just going to people's homes um, and seeing them there. But I mean, you said 15 years of, I don't know if I got it wrong. Was it ER experience or working in the hospital? What was it?
0: So 15 years of nursing experience along with the nurse practitioner experience. So I did work in the hospital. I worked in the ER. That's correct. I worked in a trauma center in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, near Duke and UNC. We collaborated with them a lot, and so I worked there for a while. Most of my nursing experience was in that trauma center with hospital background, so I did operating room, emergency room. I did postpartum with moms and babies. I um, also worked in one of their clinical settings that saw patients outside of the hospital so I did quite a few things there uh, for nursing. And then I've also worked in a health and wellness kind of setting as a nurse practitioner and in primary care as a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so currently I'm working part-time in primary care and then doing my business the rest of the time.
1: Okay. Um, and how long have you been an NP for, a nurse practitioner?
0: Um,
1: let me <laughs> look, look
0: at the my degree there.
1: on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at the degree on the wall. What's the date on it?
0: yeah it says 2015
1: for that one <laughs> there we go so a seven ish around six years yeah um, for for i guess for those people who guess i i think a lot of people don't understand even in like the physical therapy world like what does a physio pt actually do like i guess w- w- let's clear this up now what's the difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner like what's the big difference
0: That's a really great question. So nurses usually work in the hospital setting, but they can work outside of the hospital setting. But nurses typically get orders from a provider, whether it be a nurse practitioner, a doctor, or a PA. And then nurses will follow through on those orders. So the nurses are the ones who carry out the orders. They're the ones who administer the medications, administer the treatment plan, report back to the provider if they notice something that's not quite right. They're the front line of healthcare. Nurses are very, very valuable and work very, very hard. And a lot of people don't realize that. But a lot of times they're the ones who catch things when they're not right and end up fixing things or saving people's lives because they see things firsthand as they're being implemented. So the nurse practitioner. In the state of Maryland, nurse practitioners have what's called full practice authority. So a nurse practitioner has a little more education and has a certificate, which is a um, legal thing that you have to obtain through testing and education. So in Maryland, we have full practice authority, which means that we can do everything that a doctor, a primary care doctor can do in the state of Maryland. So we can write prescriptions, we can order labs, we can check tests, we can sign documents and paperwork and fill out forms and all those kinds of things that say, you know, physician needed or physician signature. And in the state of Maryland, we can do all of those things without a physician signing off on our, on everything we do. And the difference in Maryland for a nurse practitioner and a PA is a PA is a physician assistant, which means they work directly with a physician, not always in the same room, but there's a collaborating physician with them who signs off or kind of checks off on everything that they do. But Maryland saw the need for more providers to be autonomous. And so nurse practitioners are able to be independent so that we can reach outside of just the populated areas and we can treat, you know, the rural areas and do things to kind of help people where there are no doctors available.
1: And that's, and it's interesting too, how it's by state. It's not like it's all nurse practitioners have this. Cause I mean, physical therapies in Maryland, it's the same way. We have full autonomy. Our, we don't have to have physician referrals. I mean, insurance, you need it for that, but where that's we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that later, <laughs> but the whole mm-hmm. question, but or topic, but it's, I think it is an amazing thing that like you went from being a nurse, like doing all the thing nurses do. And I mean, I've I've worked with nurses when I was on on clinicals and then use that experience. Now, okay, now you've made that next step into being a nurse practitioner, which I I'm assuming is why you're able to have your own practice because you have that authority and autonomy. Is that right?
0: Right. That is correct. And after, um, so I became a nurse in 2000, um, Two, I think, two thousand four, somewhere in there, way back in the day, <laughs> and um, so after working all of that time up until two thousand fifteen, when I became a nurse practitioner, uh, I saw the need for more providers. I saw the gap. I saw that us nurses were really just overworked and working really hard, and there was a shortage of providers. And so that was one of the reasons that I did go back to school to become a nurse practitioner and to just fill that gap and help people more than what you could do as a nurse
1: what What was the gap like what were you what were you seeing as that gap it's
0: long there were long waits for people to get in with the provider like especially in the outpatient setting. Um, so not necessarily in the hospital setting, although in the hospital setting, there was always a position open for a provider in the hospital. We saw there was always a, a, a provider missing in the ER. We needed an extra person. We'd have to call the person on call just because they were short staffed. So in the hospital, I saw that, but then in the outpatient setting, I saw patients waiting a long time to see a nurse practitioner or a PA or a doctor because there, there were none available. There are no appointments available. So that was what it looked like in the outpatient setting.
1: Uh, and I, 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 think, I don't think it's going to get, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's more nurse practitioners coming through, but there's only more people getting older. And, and so yeah. I think I think we, like me and you have both chosen a pretty good profession to like, you know, stay, stay busy and stay in business. Yeah. Um, but I, I, in my view, like if someone, like if I just stripped all, all of my medical knowledge away, like if you said PA nurse, nurse practitioner, uh, family nurse practitioner, uh, or like physician, chiropractor, PA, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what is what. And it's, I I think there's a big distinction with between the PA and the nurse practitioner, which is you have the authority of being independent and have really have the power to do that. And the PA, I mean, I know they can do a lot of things, but they're under the physician. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's basically how it is, right?
0: Right. In the state of Maryland, that is true. Yes. They they typically, so they could own their own practice, but they just have to have a physician, collaborating physician, which the physician doesn't have to work there per se, but they've got to have somebody that is their collaborator where nurse practitioners have the authority to be able to just start a practice, run a practice. And I will say that most nurse practitioners do have physicians they collaborate with just you know, freely because We build relationships and then those are very valuable to use down the road. And so it's not that we don't need physicians. Everyone needs everybody in this field. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we definitely just are able to move forward a little faster without having to do all that extra stuff in the background.
1: I I mean, I see it on my end with I don't need to I don't have to like call the physician to get a referral because honestly, you're just bothering the physician. Like at that point, now he's spending 10 seconds or whatever, 30 seconds out of his day to do that when he's already, he or she is already swamped with work. So it's, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think it's great that we have autonomy, but it's even better for the patient because now you can just streamline things, boom, 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 get them what they need and not have to be like, ooh, sorry, you got to wait like three days because I have to fax this to the physician and I have to fax it back to me and then hopefully the physician doesn't forget about it. So it's, I like how, I mean, I think it makes strings a lot more streamlined.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've seen the same thing.
1: Um... All right, um, what made you, because st- like, I mean, I we started our businesses around the same time, COVID, 2020, and we I we had a long talk about this like maybe a month or two ago, but like what made you start the business? And I mean, I kind of already know, but I'd love to hear a refresher on it and for everyone to hear, but like what was like the big motivating factor of like this is something that you really want to do?
0: So obviously we've talked about the COVID thing and that is the biggest factor was when um, the pandemic hit, there were lots of people, that were just not getting the care they needed because the system was just overloaded. There was so much happening and people were very scared. And uh, so I had lots of family and friends and neighbors who were asking, you know, Hey, I know you're a nurse practitioner. Can you just treat me? I think I have a sinus infection. I don't want to go to the ER. My primary care is not seeing people right now. I don't want to go to urgent care and sit there. Cause then I might catch something else. And, so um there was just a need the need just kept popping up i mean more times than i could count and it it was happening frequently where people were asking me to just treat them for i I think my hand is infected from a wound i think i have a sinus infection i think i might have sprained my ankle can you look at it all these things and so i talked to a couple of cpas and business attorneys and found out that, you know, it, it is definitely something that is doable to start a practice like a mobile practice, which is what I was looking for, because I didn't want to have the overhead of an office. And I also wanted people to feel the comfort of being safe in their homes when I came to treat them. And so I was looking at different options for house calls. And the people that I talked to that do business type things were saying like, you could do this, you just the best thing to do would be to not take insurance because insurance companies really limit what's done in the home. It typically has to be like a home carer. It has to be coded. You, you know what those words mean. They have, You have to put all these things on the chart that will make them pay for it. And some of those things may or may not be true. And I didn't want to go through jumping through the hoops of trying to get insurance to pay for things. And then I started asking people, would you be willing to pay cash or would you be willing to use your FSA or flex spending? Yeah. And they were anonymous or, um, you know, overwhelmingly not anonymously, but, yeah. um, yes, you get what I'm saying. So yeah. overwhelmingly the answer was, yes, I will pay cash. I will use my HSA flex spending, whatever. And so, um, I, I started it with that and just, treating people for basic things. And I started to find online where I could set up a provider account to order supplies and things that I needed to just kind of carry with me. So I have like a little mobile bag. I have a couple of little mobile bags that I carry with me and I just pop into the home and do the things. And I have an electronic charting system that I use just like if I was in an office And I also can give them a super bill or a medical receipt for them to file for reimbursement. So some of them have gotten reimbursed, some um, partially, some none at all, but they, no one has complained about the care that they've received. They've all been very grateful that they were able to navigate around the ER or the urgent care or the three month wait for the primary care. And so it just started really blooming and word started spreading. And so uh, just, it kind of grew from there. Uh,
1: that's, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting how um, like it came, it was there, so basically it was, you noticed that all the crazy long waits because of COVID like people didn't want to go to the ER they didn't want to be exposed to other people. So like, hey, can you see me in my home? And like, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> only, only you coming in and them not having to be around all these different people. I, I, I see the obvious benefit of that. And me seeing that being like, I'm willing to pay a little bit of money. I'm willing to pay more money for a like super personable service where I know, I mean, like, technically, I guess you could give them COVID, but like you probably had a mask on. It's only probably. you. As a health yeah. program, you're basically like a, a doctor level uh clinician we're like it's probably not going to happen so i i mean that's how we got started too i i was going to people's homes same exact thing and i think people really responded well to that um i had i, I had a couple things pop in my head and i just want to i wrote them down i want to find what they were um oh how long are your sessions i mean like typically well tell me how long they were in the insurance job you have and tell me how long you do in the home sessions. Like what is the difference?
0: I'm so glad you asked because that is one of the biggest reasons I love this job. So in the primary care setting that I work in, I have, 15 to 30 minutes at the most if I take time from other things (laughs) to be able to talk to a patient.
1: Exactly. You're taking other time away.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I sometimes will, um, you know, if I have a patient that just needs a lot of attention in the primary care setting, I can sometimes once a day give them the full 30 minutes. Otherwise, it's at least 15 to 20 minutes max to see somebody in the office to see someone in their home, I stay 45 minutes to an hour. I have had a few appointments more than that where the patients had a lot of questions and I'm not opposed to that. If they have a gap there, they're looking for information and I'm able to help them with that information. I have been able to stay and I book myself so that I'm not rushed from one patient to the other. And I love giving information and education and connecting people with resources. And so one of the things that my service does offer is just an unlimited question and answer session. Like you, I, I tell you what I think's going on with you. And what the treatment plan would be based on what's going on. And then I will just say like, this is what I'm recommending. Now, what questions do you have? Instead of you have the flu, you need to treat the symptoms. I hope you feel better. Go to the ER if you get worse, which is kind of how it goes in, you know, the office world. So, at this point, I say, you know, you have the flu. You're flu positive because they can test for flu in the home. So you're flu positive. These are the symptoms you're having. So this is your plan of care. This is what you should be targeting with your treatment plan. You need to be doing this, this, and this. These are the things you're going to look for if they're getting worse instead of better. These are the things I want you to report on me to me, to me tomorrow. Like, text me tomorrow what this is and tell me what this is and... Um, and because, you know, I am able to spend that much time with them when they text me and say, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm, I'm familiar with what they're asking and who they are and what the deal is. And I can answer and help them, you know, however, whatever needs to be done in however way. So the biggest difference is, you know, the 15 to 20 minute appointment time versus an hour appointment time.
1: Uh, I mean, that's, I don't know why. I think, first of all, I think it's awesome that you can just go to someone's home give them, see, see them for an entire hour run. I think it's amazing. You can, you can run the test and be like, Oh, you have the flu. Here's, and I mean, I'm assuming you can write them the script for whatever they need to get over that. Like, here's the flu. Here's, you know, medication, drug, X, Y, Z, uh, or whatever the prescription is. Um, so right. I, that, I mean, I think we were talking to like a couple months ago about like, you have an infection, you could come and look at that and be like, here's what you need to do. You need to go to the hospital. Or I mean, can you treat that stuff? It's just, I don't know. I I don't know if I can be getting off tangent, but like you can treat someone with an infection in their home. Right.
0: Right. I mean, as long as I'm I'm called early enough on, of course, you know, like if I get there and they're unresponsive or or it's past the point of uh, a prescription, then um, I'm not opposed to calling an ambulance for them and staying with them until the ambulance gets there. (laughs) But that hasn't happened, thankfully. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I can test for uh, flu, RSV, strep, COVID and UTIs. I can listen for pneumonia by listening to lung sounds and and just taking in the big big picture of your symptoms and your history and all those kinds of things. Hmm. I can order a chest x-ray. I can order um, other tests or labs to check and see if there's other things going on. And then I can also, like you said, I can write a prescription. If you test positive for strep, I'll send over the antibiotic and tell you what to do to feel better. And then you can go get the prescription. The other thing that I do in the home that I really enjoy doing because it gives me time to talk. To the patient is IV fluids. Cause it takes about an hour to infuse. Mm-hmm. So I do IV fluids for dehydration. So if you've got a migraine and you know that what works is going to the ER just to get IV fluids, mm-hmm. um, I can come in home and do that, which saves you that trip to the ER. You don't have to get out where it's, you know, crazy and busy and loud and, and all the lights that kind of make a migraine worse. So mm-hmm. I've done IV fluids just for migraine hydration. And, um, Stomach bugs, people get nausea and vomiting and it starts to feel a little better, but then they just feel completely wiped out because they weren't able to drink or eat anything for so many days. And so I could prescribe something if they needed it. And then I can also rehydrate them with in-home IV fluids. And then I've also done IV fluids for jet lag. People who have traveled and just the, the traveling can really wipe you out. And a lot of people don't realize that that hydration, that quick hydration can really help you to get over the jet lag quickly. So that's something else that I enjoy offering because it saves you the time and the trouble of going to a a place where there are a lot of sick people to get something that could be done in the comfort and safety of your home.
1: You uh, this popped into my head um, with Hood College. And I think there's a community college around. uh, I I just think just just popped into my head. You should definitely market that IV service to maybe some college kids that decide to drink a lot. Of course, they're over 21. Uh, but <laughs> I could just, I could just imagine. I, I just think that would be probably a pretty solid service. You just camp out at Hood College and just like <laughs> offer IV <laughs> services after you know a Sunday morning when everyone's uh, a little bit hungover, and that would probably feel amazing. Um, so they'd
0: be better by Monday.
1: <laughs> they'll be good to go for their. I don't know if they've had their finals yet, but they'll be good to go for you know Monday sports whatever they have going on. But that's I don't know that popped into my head. But this is like how I if if i just if you just like wipe my memory um i don't know why i'm using that as an example but if i just like knew nothing about healthcare and you told me um oh you could either be seen for 15 minutes um you would like share the cost with this insurance company that you pay all this money towards and like sometimes they deny things sometimes they don't and like got to be in this big room with a bunch of other people versus you had a full hour with somebody and they come to your home or it's a much more private session and yeah maybe you pay a little bit more but it's like much more relaxed. And they answer all your questions. It's not just get you in and build your insurance company. I'm like, which would I choose? Uh, I'll choose all day. The second option of being seen for an hour, uh, not having to be rushed in and out and being in the comfort of maybe your own home or a much more private office where it's not absolutely mayhem and crazy. Um, but I do understand that not everybody you know, can, can afford it. But in my head, that's how I would picture healthcare um, I'm just I'm just curious. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Like, this is how I view healthcare should be. I'm, what do you? Yeah, th-
0: I agree, and I hope that there will be enough providers from all different specialties to really make it a movement that this is more of the common practice. That we spend the quality time with our patients, giving them the information to not just get well, but to stay well. I, I hate that when I end up seeing someone, it's because they're sick, I would love to see them prior to that and talk about wellness and health and, or see them when their symptoms are mild and say, you know, you have this service, let's talk about this, let's get you completely back to 100% and then talk about how you can stay there rather than, you know, people wait until they're, they're really unwell, and then you end up trying to backtrack, but they don't want to spend the time, energy or money going into an office and taking off work and all of those kinds of things. And I think that as we continue with offering a service that is just high quality versus getting people in and out quickly, mm-hmm. that people will start to see the value. I really encourage people if they don't, if their company offers, but they don't take advantage of the HSA or flex spending, yeah. I really encourage people to sign up for that because those are the dollars that are going to be pre tax that you can just slide that card and use for a service like mine or a service like yours. Mm-hmm. And that gives you that painless paying option of like, it's there. And instead of just buying an excessive amount of Tylenol and ibuprofen at CVS with it, you know, use it for a visit with a provider that you're going to get a lot from.
1: And something that you might be interested in doing too, Sophia is like, we're looking into, um, it's called credit care and it's, they have like a promotional period where like someone, basically someone can finance if they, if they had a big bill with like you or me or another healthcare provider. um, And they, you know, they want to go this route and not use your insurance for many reasons that we're probably going to talk about that we have talked about and are going to talk about in a second, but like they could finance it. And then six months, it's like, depending on how much money it is and how much they spent, but six months is like zero interest if that long as they pay it back. So, I have a couple people that like want to work with us that financially they're like, Hey, I just can't do this at this time. And once I get approved from them, we're going to say, Hey, well, once we get this going, it's, you know, it's like 50 bucks a week, you know, is that doable? And I think most people that probably is, but there's a, there's other things that people can do, whether insurance reimburses or not that even in, even if they're like in a not so good situation financially, you know, you can still take these steps to make this happen. Um,
0: yeah, that sounds like a great option.
1: Um, but it's something we're, I don't know, I, I want to bring that up. We're, we're thinking about doing it. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I just got to look a little more into it. Um, oh, I had so many things I wanted to say, and it just popped out of my head um, while I wrote them down. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, anybody listening, like, just think, like, the when is the last time, like, you had a full hour with the provider? Like, an entire hour or 45 minutes, right? A full, like, one-on-one for an hour. And when is the last time a provider has said, like, what questions do you have? And it's answered all of them. And you never felt rushed. Like, I'm just wondering, like all all the listeners, like, when has that ever happened? Um, And even before your business, Sophia, when have you ever noticed that with anything with healthcare? Or has it just been since you've started your business?
0: No. And honestly, what happened was I remember sitting in and that was another trigger for starting this was I remember sitting in my own doctor's appointments and thinking, oh man, I have so many questions. Let me prioritize and ask the ones that are most important to me because I'm not going to have enough time to ask all of them. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a nurse practitioner, once I became a nurse practitioner, I remember sitting there (laughs) thinking, oh, they have so many questions. I wish I had more time. And, And I'd have to cut them off. Like, okay, I... I, I hear what you're saying. You'll have to make another appointment for that. I hear what you're saying, but you're, you'll have to make another appointment. Well, let's do a follow-up. Why don't we follow up? <laughs> because I, I couldn't give them with all the exam rooms waiting on me. I couldn't give them what they needed, but I felt bad. And so I absolutely love asking patients. One of my favorite patients is a new mom. I, I do some newborn checkups in the home sometimes for moms who would just like to have that first few checks at home and uh, they have a nurse midwife or, you know, they, they just are are in between pediatricians or haven't found somebody or for whatever reason. But the new moms, the, it's a brand new baby. They've never had a baby before and the hospital discharges them or whoever. And they are like, okay, take your baby home. And that first check, the baby's like two or three days old. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm like, neither did I. It's okay. So let's start with what your biggest questions are. And those appointments have gone an hour and a half because I remember vividly being a new mom. My oldest child is now 14 and I have three children. And so I Vividly remember wishing. I remember walking out wishing I had, I wish I had more time to ask all these questions. I had so many questions, and the pediatrician just is amazing that I had when he was a baby, when my oldest was a baby, but she only had so much time. Yeah. And so, one of my favorite things is the new moms with the new baby and being able to just sit there and answer all the questions. And look at this spot. Is this little spot normal? Look at what, see that, what he just did? Is that okay? You know, is it okay to hold him like this? Is it okay? Well, and I, love i love being able to give them that time
1: oh i can't imagine i mean i'm we're i mean me and my my wife veronica we're i mean we're i'm 27 as i say that somewhat confidently i'm pretty sure i'm 27 i'm around 28 27 i kind of forgot but we're both 27 and like we want to have kids probably right at 30 maybe 29 31 but like uh, I, I tend to read a lot of books, but I'm pretty sure I'll be like, Sophie. Sophia, I have all these questions. Can you – like, hey, I'll pay for your – come come over. We're going to have a very long chat, all three of us, about yes. newborn baby or slash baby. Yeah,
0: you will. It's so funny. One of my favorite families that I see is a chiropractor. He's a chiropractor, and she is – some kind of therapist uh, might be PT. I don't remember, but, um, they had so many, they were like, listen, we know, we know what we know, but we don't know this. So let's, let's talk. (laughs) And I loved it because their questions were things I was like, wow, I never thought of that, but let me answer that for you. Like the way that their minds work to kind of think through things. And I feel like the more intellectual you are and the more of a thinker you are, you can really overthink that newborn stage. And so, um, it was, it's always been great to see them and just be able to like sit down with them and answer all their questions and yeah i'll definitely be here for you
1: <laughs> awesome perfect well uh you know things going on, like i'm just thinking of a couple of things like 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 veronica i mean at the time she was my girlfriend not my wife but she like she cut her finger pretty bad on a potato slicer and we had to go to the uh the er you know we had to go to the, the er and it was like we still waited probably i mean can you do stitches sophia
0: So I have not gotten all the things yet to do stitches. I can do staples and I can also do um, the surgical glue, the sterile surgical glue. So if something's not, uh, you know, to the point that it absolutely has to be stitched shut, I can do that. With adults, there actually are a lot of options for that kind of thing versus with kids. With kids, stitches kind of have to be done because they're not going to be as compliant with the way things are cared for. But, um, with adults, a lot of, a lot of things that are, that are sutured could be surgically glued shut. So I do have that stuff and I'm working on the, getting all the stuff to actually do the stitches. I can take stitches out and I can, uh, you know, care for the wound itself and all that.
1: So, I I mean, to me, it's almost like, do I want to spend time? And it's the same thing when, you know, when I talk to people about their, their physio and PT, like, do you want to spend the time drive all the way to the ER or if you have to get an ambulance, like that's that's a whole other story. But like drive there, wait hours, because you're probably not the most, unless you're like, you know, bleeding out, you're probably not gonna be seen first. Like drive there, wait hours. I don't know where you are in the tonal pole there, and then be seen and then come back, and maybe it's a three hour or four hour endeavor, versus maybe we have an emergency call with you and be like, hey, can you like see us now? Or you know, to probably maybe pay a little bit extra, but like have a lot less headache. Not have to drive all the way to the ER. You're coming to us. Maybe eventually you have your own office, but like, I think that would be a much better experience than having to be like, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. Let's go to the ER. And even like knowing and trusting somebody like, we like, if we know, like, and trust you, Sophia, like, I I would call you all day versus go to the ER because I, I know who you are and I have a level of trust versus I don't know who I'm going to see at the ER. Like that, I mean, I'm curious what you think about that. But to me, that is huge. And that's why a lot of people like working with us because they know, like, and trust us and we've helped them before. Uh, like, I guess, what do you, like, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And um, there have been patients that texted me a picture of a cut finger or something like that and mm-hmm. said, you know, hey, this just happened. Is this something you can treat? And I can look at the picture and tell you, yes, I can. I can help you with that. Um, or no, I'm sorry, you'll have to go to the ER. Um, I have only sent maybe two of my patients to the ER. Most people know to call me you know, early on when things happen. Um, but the yeah. service that I do offer for patients that I have established that do need to go to the ER, I call ahead as the provider, talk to the charge nurse, tell them I'm sending my patient. This is what my patient is presenting as. I'm sending my patient because they are critical. And so I would expect that this patient gets put in right away. And then I also call and say, if they're, you know, I talked to the patient via text, are you back yet? Did you get in? How long have you been waiting? Yeah. And so only once have I had to like call back and say, Hey, I sent a patient, this is what's happening. They're sitting in your waiting room with these symptoms. This is very critical. And yeah. then immediately that patient was taken back. So even if it is something that I look at and say, oh, I don't know that I can do this. Um, if we have a rapport, I know who you are, I know your medical history, you're a patient of mine. Then um, I can still advocate for you to get in to the ER setting in a, in a quicker way versus just sitting there with the rest of the crowd and hoping they see yeah. how urgent your need really is.
1: Yeah. You, you could put, you can, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, advocate. I don't think that's the right, right word, but you could push for them to be seen sooner. Uh, because you like, you know how the games play and you're like, Hey, see my patient, see my patient. So that's, uh, that's just, I think that's absolutely amazing. And like your patients are going to love you for that. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's why, uh, I think I've already, i asked you a couple questions. I know somebody I had had, he was interested in getting an x-ray and you, you helped us out with that. So, uh, I, I've even used Sophia from knowing her for, for two months. I've, I've, uh, not referred to someone, but have like picked your brain about like, Hey, we're, you know, someone needs an x-ray. What do we do? And you're like, Hey, you know, send them, I think it was MMI to have that walk-in x-ray clinic. Um, but I mean, you've already helped me out. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan, Sophia. Um, so I guess like what's like any other benefit of somebody like going out of network? Like, I guess, what are like, what do you think? Cause I can, I can riddle off some things I'm on, on my end, but like in your, in your world, in your space, like what are the biggest benefits of going out of network? I know we talked about being seen for a longer period of time. Is there anything else that you're like, this is why my patients love working with me?
0: So the biggest thing for my patients is they talk to me. So if, after I see them, Uh, Like, let's just say that new mom, for example, uh, two days later, she thinks, oh, I forgot to ask about this. She can text me and say, hey, I forgot to ask you this, this and this when when you were here. And I'll text back and say, oh, I, I see your question. I'll get to you as soon as I can. Or that's something we should talk about on the phone. Let's talk. Or, you know, yes, this is what it is or, or whatever. So, um, and then if they have a lot of questions, they can email me directly and say, Hey, Sophia, we forgot that we wanted to ask you about this. What's your suggestion for this? What do you think about feeding the baby this, you know, all these things And I can email back. And so the biggest thing that I think, um, even for me as a patient thinking about the provider, I. It's daunting to think, oh, I need to call my primary care and tell them that I need something, but I can't talk to my primary care. I have to call the secretary who's going to tell the nurse, who's going to tell the nurse practitioner that I see that I need this. And I hope that the message gets translated properly. (laughs) So um, with Summit Nurse Consulting, it's not like that. And I do have people who help me answer my messages, some, but there's not five people between us. There's only maybe one, but typically it's me they get via text or email. And that way, you know, you have that option to be able to talk to the provider without having to wait for a call back or having to wonder, you know, what are they going to tell me? I, I answer pretty quickly. And so, and, and two, I think with going outside of network um, you have the option of that provider's resources are often um more variable than the in-network resources and, and that can look a bunch of different ways but from my perspective my resources are more holistic and Um, uh, a little more natural in some areas than what the list of resources I have or had in a primary care setting for just modern medicine only. And so I'm finding that a lot of people would like to try something natural, holistic prior to medication. And with you going outside of network, the provider's not forced to do what the insurance will cover. You're not forced to just write the prescription for the medication because that's what it will cover. And they're not going to cover anything else. So with what I'm doing, I can say to the patient, okay, so this is what's usually recommended, but you're not to the point that we have to do that yet. So why don't we try this first? And they say, well, I would rather try this. What do you think about that? And I can say, well, you know, there's not a lot of research on that. That seems a little unsafe, but you could try this instead. Or yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I don't think that would harm anything. Go ahead and try that. And then follow up with me in two days. And if you still need an antibiotic at that point, then I'll prescribe it for you. But if things are on the mend, and I think that's a good plan. And with primary care, you can't do that. You don't yeah. text them or call them in two days and find out how they're doing. You give them what modern medicine recommends is to be done. And then it's up to them if they want to take it or not, or try something else or not, but they don't have time to discuss that with you. Mm-hmm. And so I like it because I feel like it's safer for the patient. If somebody is questioning a holistic or a natural plan with outside of the network, I can discuss that with them. I can talk to them about that. I can tell them what I know about it, what, what I think they should question about it. And I have that time and those resources to offer them where in the primary care setting with that, where I take insurance, you know, I have to stick to the, to the plan, you know, <laughs> stick to what's recommended.
1: Yeah. You, you have to stick to the insurance approved plan. Um, and it's not always, a pro, it's not always the best. And, and I a hundred percent, I understand what you're saying. It, it sucks. So like basically you're saying you can see somebody and then you don't have one hand tied behind your back of like, Oh, we have to do this one thing versus I think we we were talking like a month ago about how you'd see people and be like, I, you really wanted to do this with them. They agreed with you. You had to jump through all these hoops, uh, because insurance was like, sorry, we're going to deny that until you do, you know, X, Y, Z medication or whatever it is. Um, and that's super, I mean, it's super frustrating, right?
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely something that um, it's almost like in some settings and not every setting, but in some settings, patients are discouraged, um, to think for themselves They're you know, just don't, just don't think about it. Just, just do this. Okay. Just do, just go ahead and just do this. And this is it. You know, I had a, a man, um, an older man that had a wound on his hand mm. and he sent me a picture and I said, yeah, I can definitely treat that. So I set him up a, an appointment and, um, we were talking about it and he said, listen, I really don't want to take antibiotics by mouth. To treat the wound on my hand is there anything different that you could do and I said you know that's a really good question why don't we try topical a prescription topical antibiotic and a plan to keep this wound clean and give it a few days and if you send me a picture each day of this wound and if it's looking better and you're following that plan and it's not looking like it's getting worse and you don't have fever and all the things I went through all the things with them, then you won't need to take the antibiotic And so he said, I am willing to do whatever to the wound to keep from having to take the antibiotic to go all the way in my body and through my stomach and mess up my intestines just to treat my hand. And I said, okay, well then let's do it. And so he was very diligent with the plan of care and the prescription antibiotic, the topical, and he healed very well and never had any outcome, uh, negative outcomes from that. And so I was glad that I was able to give him that option. And those are the kinds of things that you get outside of your network.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, uh, everything is, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious what you think about, like, are most things insurance treat, like I have a wound or I cut this thing or, you know, whatever it is going on is, isn't it like medication? The first thing they do, isn't that like, is that typically it?
0: Um, it depends on the provider. You see a lot of providers are very medicine, um, based, but really, um, so it, it just really depends on your, your concern and your, and your provider, because there are some things that medicine's not the answer, but the patient's pushing for medicine. Hmm. And then there are other things you should be doing besides the medicine. And then there are some things where, you know, medicine is definitely what's recommended and people are a- against all medicines altogether. And I think there has to be a happy medium where if you're having an asthma attack, you need something to open your lungs. You know, if you have a a congestion, cold cough thing going on and it just started two days ago, you don't need an antibiotic. You need to wait and treat your symptoms and let's see how this plays out versus I have a sinus infection. I always get a sinus infection and I want my antibiotic now. And so I think that it just depends. Um, although I will say in some settings, you see meds very commonly used, more in the um, the urgent care settings. I'm just going to say it out loud. <laughs> um, in urgent care, I see a lot of patients following up from urgent care appointments that have medications on end that could have done without and so that sometimes can be a little frustrating to you know say well you didn't really need this or that but okay that's that's fine you took it you know um so yeah i think it really depends on the setting and the provider for and the in the patient's um, presentation of whatever they're they're dealing with or if it's medication driven
1: Um, and that's i just wanted to pick your brain about that i know my sister's a pharmacist so like she talks about the drug side of things i talk about the movement side of things i think movement's better that's i'm biased um, but quick on that urgent care note, I have had horrible experiences at urgent care. My wife has had horrible experiences at urgent care. So, and I, I guess I get it because you're coming in there for a quick thing. Like they, they, it, I just think it's because of that setting they can't really dive deep. They're like, hey, here's a quick thing that's probably gonna help you out. Okay, it's not a tumor. It's this. They're, I think they're just there to say, hey, here's where you should go going forwards. I've just had horrible experiences there. Um. Uh, I don't know know what you think about urgent cares, but I've just not had the best experiences I can say that because it's my podcast. so I can say whatever I want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I haven't seen the best outcomes with urgent cares and in their defense, it's definitely difficult to keep those places staffed from what I've seen. I get I get job offers all the time for urgent cares around the area um, stating that they're short staffed and they're pay a sign-on bonus and whatever. And so I think that it's um, difficult to keep urgent care staffed. And at this point, and again, in their defense, they're overrun. I mean, they are just so many people waiting for so many things and there's just not enough time in the day. And so, you know, that's another reason that I really love seeing people in the home and keeping them out of the urgent care because there are so many things like, yeah. it, it was definitely urgent for you, but not urgent in the sense of like really, really urgent. (laughs) So, um, I like to be able to offer people, you know, the appointment to stay away from those overcrowded understaffed places.
1: (laughs) And we had, um, or I had, uh, someone who, she wasn't even a patient of mine. I just, I I met her, she's a uh, dietitian. I met her early on when I first started the business. And she like, I think she just had a, ah, I think it's a baby boy. I'm pretty sure it's a baby boy. But if I'm wrong, I hope she doesn't get mad at me. But she she was due, I think, in like five days, and she fell down the stairs. Uh, so, like, I mean, she was, I mean, pregnant, fell on the stairs, due very soon, and really tweaked her back up. And they are like, hey, Matt, we don't really want to bring her to the ER. Can you come and just, you know, look at her back pain? Because they, they didn't want to deal with the ambulance bill. They didn't want to deal with just her being around a bunch of people like that close to, to I don't know if she was going to have an in-home birth. I, th- I think she was. I'm not 100% sure, but they. I think they were going to have like an in-home birth with the, with the doula, and the midwife. Um, but like the midwife called. they had, they talked to the midwife and the doula and they were like, hey, like the baby's fine. But I came over and just got her, cause she was like laying on the couch, couldn't move for three hours. We got her up and moved her and they were like super, they were very, they were so gracious that I came. Because I took time out of my day to come help them, and they they paid me more than like our hourly rate because they were because like they're like hey you're actually saving us money because we didn't have to go to the ER in an ambulance. Right. Um, so I mean I think people will really appreciate that level of service when it's again I keep harping on it, but it's one on one. It's somebody that you know that you don't have to. Uh, in that case, I get I saved her a lot of probably a lot of time, money, and energy, and then I think you can do the same for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people don't know about. The service you do i don't know anybody else we were talking about another nurse practitioner who's on a different kind of side of things more mental health i forgot what what my wife said but she does a different thing that we just met but i think a lot of people are looking for this and i mean we're growing fairly well i know you've been growing pretty good um so it, it's super exciting that like you're here in frederick in the surrounding area being able to help people and like what is i, I kind of glossed over it but like what's your what is the name of the of your business sophia
0: so it's summit nurse consulting
1: okay um and so i know you've been in business around two years so you see people frederick do you go i mean how far away do you go do you go to like columbia like gaithersburg
0: So it depends on the need. Um, I have had a couple of new moms that are in uh, Gaithersburg or Columbia, both. And then um, Hagerstown. I've been up to Hagerstown. It just depends um, on on the schedule. If I can fit in and the need is something I could definitely treat and it's a little out of my range, I do travel. And there's just a small travel fee if it's outside of the Frederick area. Mm. Um, So I don't have a, a restriction per se at this moment. Just state of Maryland is the restriction because West Virginia and Pennsylvania and Virginia don't allow nurse practitioners full practice authority. So I stay in our state uh, so, as much as I can.
1: <laughs> I can't leave the state. You're stuck. You're stuck yeah, in-
0: I love our state though. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Um, I know like Virginia for PTs, like they, like, I mean, it's not a massive deal, um, but like you have to have your notes signed within, I believe it's 30 days. Like I would have my, all of my, all of my notes have to be, I think the evals have to be signed by a physician. I'm like, this is stupid like why does this it's just it's the laws it is what it is i get it but like it's i think it's dumb um but uh yes so you basically you see anybody in maryland probably i mean you don't want to go too far away but like anybody in the probably it's like an hour away is that probably a good
0: yeah yeah and um you know if i can't see them um, I definitely can help them find somebody. Maybe that doesn't make, necessarily make a house call, but I can help them find a provider in their area. Um, the other thing is once they are an established patient with me, I do have the option for virtual visits. So oh, nice. I um, do established care and then I've had, you know, paid patients that were 45 minutes to an hour away. But then because I know them, I know their baseline. I've seen them a couple of times in person. Then I'm able to say, oh, let's just pop on to a virtual visit and look at this and, and talk about this kind of thing so you do have more options once you're established
1: yeah that's that's i mean it's especially if somebody moves to to a different part of maryland i'm now they're farther away you can still see them like now maybe they were here now they're in baltimore well cool you can still see them or annapolis or something Uh, right so i i i i I don't want to keep harping on on the insurance thing but i just wrote something down i really want to talk about like if you know, when we started our business, it was because you really wanted to help people and give them the quality of care that we thought that they deserved. And I think you're right there with us, Sophia. Like you, I like get you have you have, you've been working much longer than we have in the insurance setting. And um, uh, I mean, nurses, you guys work your, your tails off. Like I worked a year in outpatient orthopedics. So I'm like, I'm burnt out. This sucks. Like yeah. you had like 15 years of that. I'm like, holy cow. So and you've been through a lot more than I have. And like, for me doing this, I mean, I worked in nursing home my first job, and that was. I didn't hate it, but it was, I mean, they were on my case about like, you have to see this, but they, they put too many people on my schedule to see and would be upset when I didn't see, uh, I forgot what it was. You're supposed to see like, uh, like every 40 minutes or 30 minutes or something. And then like, they put way too many on, You're like, why didn't you see these? I'm like, cause the math doesn't work out. Can you do simple math? Yeah, it's rough. Like they're like trying to, and it's like, if you didn't code the right bill the right way, they get on your case about it. So it's, it's a system in my opinion, that is designed to just get you in, get you out, bill you and say, Hey, pat you on the butt and say, good job. Get out of here. We'll see you. And yeah. Follow up if you want, if you need anything else. Um, and it's very quick care. I guess I understand why it's like that, but it's, yes. I, I think it's a model that doesn't work very well. And what, what you're doing, Sophia is moving it to a different model saying, Hey, I don't have to play, but you don't have to play by those rules and you can treat people the way that you think they deserve to be treated and give them the best quality care, uh, really to give them the best quality care possible.'" Um, I think there's a lot of stuff to be said by that. And um, like, even if it is a little bit like more pricey, like, yeah, but like, maybe the price is higher, but what's the actual cost, right? Like maybe, um, like, what would be a typical copay to see you in network? What would that be for a patient? Like, it's
0: Um, it's, oh, for a primary care visit, it's going to be 10 to $25 probably for a primary care visit.
1: Yeah. If they had a deductible or depending on that sort of thing. Um right. Well, let's let's like say the high side of that. 25 bucks. Maybe they see you for 15 minutes versus um what are what is your is your hourly is it is it 199?
0: So, um if you're a brand new patient to get established with me is 245 for the first visit. Yep. And then you're always established. I don't, I, it doesn't expire. So okay. with some of some of the practices, you know, you have to do like an annual fee or something or whatever, but I, my plan is that people stay healthy. So I don't want you to have to see me every year to get this fee covered or whatever. So the new patient in-home visit is 245. And then any subsequent in-home visits are 175. So if I've seen you three years ago for a sinus infection, and then you've now got a cut finger three years later, it's fine. It's, you're still established and it's just the 175.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it makes sense for the first one to be a little more pricey, but when someone looks at that and they're like, "Like our prices are around yours," and the people are like, "Oh my gosh, they have sticker shock," and they're like, "Why are you so much more expensive?" My copay is like 15, 30 bucks. I'm like, "Yeah, but maybe the price is higher, but what's the actual cost to you?" Because like for us, i like, I just use you for example, right? If you go and network for maybe primary care and they have to maybe they're they have to push a drug versus all these other treatments, and now you waste time. Cause you're like, hey, I don't want to, even want to take you only want to take the drug, maybe. You're like, I want to do this other thing, but assurance is forcing you to do this. So there's a lot of cost, maybe not you know, price-wise, but cost associated with that versus going to see you. Maybe it does cost a little bit, the price is a little bit higher, but you have so much more freedom in what you can do and how you can practice. And then also, I mean, all the things all the things we talked about before, but there's a massive difference between the price and cost. And I do understand, yes, it's more uh, a little more pricey, but what do you what do you actually think you're going to get from fifteen dollar care versus two forty five? What would you say two forty five? Is that what you yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I see two forty five and I'm like, ooh, there's a really high standard of care here. I'm going to be really taken care of. Uh, right, then and exactly then the and I then the
0: communication piece that goes with that, like we were talking about earlier you know, you, you pay the 25, but then that's it. You, I uh, hope you ask everything you have to ask yeah, <laughs> because exactly. you don't get back in. <laughs> you can't see the wizard. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you gotta, oh, you gotta, you gotta have another copay. If you want to come back, you got another copay.
0: Right. Schedule uh, another visit, wait another week and then come back and then pay another copay. We'll
1: rush you out again. It's never, right. story. <laughs> you're never going to feel yeah. satisfied with it. So that's just, that's just my take on it. Um, I guess to finish up, is there like, do you have like a patient, story that like stands out to you of like you know this is somebody that you really helped that like the system maybe like the system failed because i kind of like not that i want insurance to fail and i think people should have health insurance but like is there something where like maybe that system like didn't do them justice and you were able to really help them or any any story where you just had a great patient like story
0: oh man i have so many great patient stories (laughs)
1: i'm
0: like which one do you want to hear (laughs) so So one of the things that I really like is I have families that I see all the kids. So I've seen like their kids for checkups or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I have a family um, that has currently they have five kids and they had. So their last their fifth baby, their one they had recently, that one needed a checkup and they didn't want to have to take all the kids to the doctor's office to have that newborn checkup, So mm-hmm. it was great to be able to go into the home and help that mom with that fifth baby. And, and the baby was all babies are different. And so the mom had different questions about this baby than the other babies. And it was great to hear her say, you know, I'm so thankful for you because I can't imagine if I had to load up all all the kids, because my husband's working, to load up all the kids just to have the newborns checkup. And the thought of sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office with all the kids, and all these kids are under the age of nine. So she's got... All these kids, and she's like, I mean, I love my children, I love a lot of kids, but the thought of having to load them all up, you know, three days postpartum and go wait in a waiting room and tell them all to not touch anything (laughs) and then have to, you know, sit there for three minutes with the provider and not get my questions answered and then have to load everybody back up and hope nobody gets sick. Yes, it was just daunting. And so, I was really glad to be able to say, you know, I'm here for you. I please let me know what questions you have. You do not have to load up all your kids to get the one checkup for the newborn baby. Um, and so that I think was one of the moments that I was really thankful that I was able to offer the service. And I, she saw the value in it and she was grateful that it saved her family a lot of time and effort and energy because little kids are little kids. They're going to touch everything. And no matter how many kids you've had, you're exhausted postpartum and you don't want to load everybody up to go somewhere. How,
1: how many, uh, how many kids does she have?
0: So that was her fifth. The one that I saw the newborn for, it was her fifth. Yeah.
1: Do you have two kids, Sophia? I have 3. Yeah, 3. Okay, God. I thought I was looking at your your website and I was like I in my head I was like I saw at least two. How? Old yeah.
0: So I have a 14-year-old boy, I have an 11-year-old girl and a 2-year-old boy.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, but a bunch of different ranges. Okay, yeah. wow. Um so- I cannot I mean, I I was a well-behaved kid. I probably would have been fine, but like I cannot imagine even just me with like five kids all under 9 just like holy shit, we're going to bring them to the doctor's office and something's not going to break or they're not going to bother someone or not going to like injure one of my other kids. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah. Well, not to mention no. you don't have the energy. You just had a baby. <laughs> yeah. The last thing you want to do is get everybody dressed and everybody ready and everybody out the
1: door. And that again, price versus cost. It might be a little bit cheaper to go in, bring all the kids to the doctor's office, but what's the, what's the cost? Is it you're going to be miserable and, and hate it and then have to get all the kids in the van or the car and, and bring them there and hopefully all that stuff we just talked about doesn't happen. So again, price versus cost. I, if, you know, I guess it is a little more, it does have a higher price tag, but, uh, I would choose that all day long. If I was, uh, if I could put myself in the shoes of a mom with five kids, all under nine, uh, you're coming to my house, Sophia, that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's also been great too, to help families that are now working from home. And, mm you know, they have they have business meetings, they have things that need to happen and their kid is at home sick with them and they're like, Well, I I mean, I can't not be at this meeting. It's virtual, but I there my kid needs to be seen. And so I've also been glad to be able to help families like that who are just at home working, their child's laying on the couch, watching TV, don't feel good, they have a fever, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can just pop in there, you know, do my testing or treatment plan or whatever. And the, the parents are so grateful that and like you said, cost, the the cost versus the benefit of it, it, it saves them so much time and effort and energy and they don't have to cancel work meetings and do all the things and mm-hmm. they can just keep working until I get there, take a few minutes of a break and then get back to working and, yep. and, um, it saves them so much. So I do like that I'm able to offer that too. Nice.
1: Well, I, I don't I want to respect your time. It, it, it's a Saturday. Um, we're just almost up on an hour now, so um, if somebody wants to re- reach out to you, Sophia, cause like, I mean, uh, I mean, I know Veronica, I, I know she, if any of her, the moms or e- even the men that she works with, if we have anybody that we have problems with, like we're definitely going to send them your way. Um, if somebody wants to actually have really good quality care and work with a provider that they can trust, they can trust with their family. I mean, I, that I I trust you a lot and I just met you. So what's the best way for them to be able to reach out to you?
0: So the fastest, best way to contact me is via text. My phone number is Mm 240-741-3606. So they could text me. They could call, but it'd be better just to leave a message because I can't always answer the phone if I'm with patients or Mm -hmm. doing uh, meetings or whatever. So um, calling or texting, that number is a good idea. And then they could also email me at summitnursecares at gmail.com or visit my website at summitnurse.com. So summitnurse.com is my website.
1: Gotcha. Um, uh, say it one more time. So people don't forget it. Summitnurse.com, right?
0: Summitnurse.com. Yep.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, um, I, I think that's all the, the questions I had. We could probably keep going, but I know you have a husband and kids and probably want to spend time with them today. Um, we have a, a Christmas party to, to get to later. Um, are you doing anything? What are your, what are your holiday plans?
0: Oh man, we do things all the whole month of December with family and friends and all kinds of stuff. So Christmas day, we're going to church and then we're going to my husband's family's house for kind of a Christmas dinner and exchanging gifts and all that fun stuff.
1: Nice. Well, I hope you have a great, uh, uh, Christmas Sophia. And, uh, again, everybody listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been a while since we've had one, but um, we're getting back on this we're gonna, we got to change the name to something that suits because we're more than just Frederick now, but again, Sophia, thanks for coming on. And again, I highly encourage you guys. If you're looking to step up your game with working with a provider, Sophia is that person in Frederick and anywhere. I, and I would say an hour around Frederick, I can not out of state, but in state, she is the go-to person. So thanks you guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, wait a minute, guys. I just want to say thanks for listening to the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And if you want to get more involved in the conversation of your health, your wellness, how to have longevity later in life, take care of your aches and pains and learn how to do this on your own, that sounds cool to you. Uh, Check us out at Alpha Project Physio uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And also check us out at alphaprojectphysio.com. Right, if you're interested in actually talking to somebody about these problems, completely free. We do free phone consultations all the time. Uh, so if you want to do that, go to alphaprojectphysio.com. You can click uh, talk to a doctor today, talk to somebody today. And uh, guys, on these calls, it's not we're not trying to sell you something. The goal is to really find out what you have going on and help you out. Right, if that's with us. Great. If it's with somebody else, that's fine. So if you're interested in that, guys, please check us out at alphaprojectphysio.com. And I'll catch you next time.